game. Blouses. Gallon Chuck. Disaster. I forget he. Disaster. Well, I mean, I'm no doctor. We now join America's most popular show already in progress. Everybody loves Mitch and Sean. You guys are the greatest duo. Fantastic. That team sure did suck last night. They just plain sucked. I've seen teams suck before, but they were the suckiest bunch of sucks that ever sucked. Welcome into the Post Game Pines podcast. Oh, I am feeling good today. Let me tell you, I'm Campbell. He's Gallo. We are at it once again as uh, we're ready to welcome you in to 2021 and celebrate with a bang because I feel it good because I want to bet. Mitch, I want to bet. I want to bet. Yeah, well, hey, that's why I wanted you to uh, start the podcast this week because I didn't, I'm like, it doesn't make sense for me to start. You know, winner, winner, chicken dinner. You're the one who hit uh, the home run uh, in our bet. And uh, I have to say, I I was hoping it was going to be a little bit more competitive, a little bit closer. Um, But it's funny how fantasy football uh, works out from time to time. Because had you and I played in the semifinal, I would have beaten you decisively. (laughs) Oh, easily. uh, You beat me on my off week. Uh, Your off week wasn't so bad that you weren't able to overcome it in the semifinals. But I put up like 160 points a week ago, and then all my players just had poor matchups or poor outings, and uh, it wasn't even close. I was hoping that we would have that game between Green Bay and Tennessee, and it would come down to the wire, and I'd be counting touches for Derrick Henry, and you'd be counting uh, passing yards for Aaron Rodgers and potential touchdown passes from Devontae Adams. But no, it didn't work out that way. Pretty much uh, first drive of the game, bang. Uh, Aaron Rodgers goes down the field, throws a touchdown pass to a Devontae Adams, and just like that, I'm toast. So uh, kudos, Sean. It was a good fantasy football season for you. Um, I don't know how often this happened, and I know people don't really care about our fantasy pools, but um, uh, you finished one, and I finished two in the regular season. Uh, You finished one points four. I finished only 14 points uh, four behind you uh, for second best in that category. And it turns out uh, we meet in the finals, the first seed against the second seed. So everything, I think, uh, worked out like it should have. There was no upsets. There was no controversy. Uh, You had the uh, best fantasy football team this year. So full credit. I have lost the bet. I'm going to be a man about it. And uh, at some point, I will support a full mustache. All right. So just the the reason why you care about this fantasy football loss is because Mitch and I make bets. The bet was there was three things that needed to happen. All right. So I'm looking forward to all of this. It was the man bun versus the mustache. And the first time that we cover a Montreal Canadiens game together at the Bell Center, it might be in 2022. Who knows when this is going to happen? But Mitch has to sport a mustache, not the straggly beard. It has to be a clean shaven mustache, just a mustache, or I would have had to do the man bun. So it's a mustache for Mitch. But on top of that, he has to deliver a four pack of our wonderful sponsors, the Campbell Play-By-Play IPA to my door. He has to deliver this. My own beer to the door. He has to deliver it. So uh, thank you to LaBrosse. And uh, make sure you get it 
I know uh, that uh, it is now 2021. They will be back open on January 8th. 133 LeBras. Check them out, LeBras Brewery, and you can go get your Campbell Play-by-Play IPA and your Angry Gallo Ale. But you have to bring a four-pack, and you are getting a t-shirt made. Now, here's something that we didn't discuss, but we have to discuss this before we get into the details of the rapid-fire bench. You have to get a t-shirt made. Our good friends have played again. are going to get t-shirt t-shirt made that says, I lost fantasy football to Campbell. As we said that on the front. Now, we didn't give parameters on when you need to wear this but you can't just get a t-shirt and never wear it. This has something that you, we have to agree. You have to wear this at least a couple times in public. Yeah. Well, you know what? I'll say I'll wear it every time I'm part of any type of fantasy football draft, hockey pool draft, uh, playoff hockey pool draft. And you know, I do a lot of these things and the hope I, Campbell is that eventually, you know, we have more of these in-person gatherings and, you know, I, I do some of these fantasy pools uh, live yeah. on site, at, on location. I've been a I'll part of the shirt on those occasions. I think anytime we do anything, even if it's a, a fantasy hockey preview show, maybe that's something we're going to do in the next coming weeks, getting ready for the season. Anytime, um, anywhere, and there's going to be fantasy football involved, I'll try to wear the shirt. How's that? I like that. Also, uh, next time that we are in a locker room together, maybe a baseball field and you have to wear a shirt in the locker room, I think that's a good one. To wear too. Yeah, well, I like wearing my other one that says uh, Gallo three Campbell zero. Yeah, I think we're three three now. By the way. Yeah, I think it's out. I think the shirt's a little outdated, but uh, I, I won the Cobalt Truck Draft. We still haven't even figured that one out, and I know that we have uh, uh, the uh, the Campbell play by play IPA versus the Angry Gal Ale. I know the Campbell play by play has an early lead, but uh, still lots of time for you to catch up on that one. All right, so why don't we get into the rapid fire, Mitch? here on the Post Game Pints podcast. And why don't we jump into the NFL? You and I were watching two guys on Sunday night that meant a lot in our fantasy, Aaron Rodgers for me and Derrick Henry for you. Where do we all sit with the NFL MVP race? It, I think it's down to two. Some people have it down to four. And some people have made their choice and that's it. I, I don't even know who, like, I think I know who's going to win. But I don't know. I think it's really, really tight. Where, where are you leaning here? I don't think uh, it's very tight anymore. I think after that game on Sunday, and you know what? You know, I, was, I was kind of excited going in thinking, okay, maybe Derrick Henry's going to run wild with uh, the poor field conditions at Lambeau uh, and all the snow. But you know, I should have realized that uh, that's Green Bay's home field and Aaron Rodgers might know a thing or two about playing on that field uh, when the weather conditions are poor. So – uh, I, I think he has four losses all time yeah. in his career in December. That's it. Yeah, that's that's crazy stat, especially considering uh, where he's at in his career and how many games he's played. Um, Sean, I think really that that game uh, put uh, put Green Bay, uh, Green Bay's quarterback Aaron Rodgers over the top. I think it's it's done. It's a one man race. I think Patrick Mahomes is a very solid number two, uh, but I think if you look at how close some of the games Kansas City has played in, how they played in some lower-scoring games, how they've needed other players to step up big. Not that uh, Adams and Jones and the supporting cast for Rodgers hasn't stepped up, but I just look at, you know, what they have um, in their backfield with, uh, with Alaire and Bell, uh, Tyreek Hill, uh, Sammy Watkins. It just feels like there's so many riches on the Kansas City Chiefs, and not to mention a pretty darn good defense, too. Uh, I look at Green Bay. Uh, after you get past Devontae Adams, I don't know how deep that receiving core is with all due respect to those guys. It just feels like Aaron Rodgers is the reason 
that the Packers are the best team in the NFC. Patrick Mahomes is the reason the Chiefs are the best team in the AFC. But I think the impact that Rodgers has had on his team has been more significant because going into the season, I would have put the Chiefs as the favorite to win that conference. But going into the season, I don't think I would have done the same with the Packers. And you being the Packers fan, I don't think you would have put them as the favorite uh, to win the conference either. But Aaron Rodgers has certainly taken that team on his back and got them into that position. Well, look, you can't ask me predictions with the Packers because I'm too much of a fan, and I will say 16-0 and 0 because I will not ill or make a prediction that they're going to lose. I think they're going to beat everybody, and I think they have the talent to beat everybody. So I'm biased when it comes to wins and losses or predicting who's going to beat who. Um, but when it comes to the MVP race, I will tell you throughout the season, people have asked me, and I know I will wear my Aaron Rodgers jersey. I'll wear my Packers hat. I'll get all into it. I was like, it's Patrick Mahomes. He's on the best team. He's playing the best. It's Patrick Mahomes. But I kept saying, Aaron Rodgers isn't out of the race. Aaron Rodgers isn't out of the race. Last week was the first time that I actually went, I think Aaron Rodgers took over. And it's funny because I checked the lines and, you know, I do the lines for Odd Shark. And I checked the lines at Odd Shark on the Monday after that game. And Aaron Rodgers, maybe it's just the general feeling. He was the first time all season the favorite for the MVP. Other than that, Patrick Mahomes led the way. Aaron Rodgers was further down. You could have gotten Aaron Rodgers at plus 600 by week 12. And he just gradually climbed up. He's leading the league in touchdown passes and interceptions against. He hardly gets sacked. Uh, If you're talking about superstars on his team, he's the only one. I know that Devontae Adams is there. And Devontae Adams, it's funny. I was talking to Simon Salikas, our good friend from TSN. He's like, Devontae Adams could be on that list for MVP with 17 touchdowns. It's unbelievable what he's doing. But he doesn't do what he does without Aaron Rodgers. There's no doubt about it. He's the guy that makes it go. So I think it's Aaron Rodgers. I know that there's this Josh Allen fan club he's had. You know what? The type of season he's had could win the MVP one year. Just not in a year with Patrick Mahomes and Aaron Rodgers done this year. So I'm with you. I think it's Aaron Rodgers. It'll be interesting to see if this last week makes a difference. The game doesn't mean anything for the, for the Chiefs. And it does mean something for the Packers. So we'll see what the Packers are able to do. And maybe Aaron Rodgers pads his stats. Or he has a game where it's not that great because it doesn't really matter as much. But they do want to get that by. I, I, I'm curious. But I, I'm, I'm with you. And I'm glad that you've kind of turned that corner. Aaron Rodgers, the MVP. Oh, by the way, Aaron Rodgers, the MVP of my fantasy team, too. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think that um, we'd have a much easier time discussing you know, three, four, and five than we have discussing one and two because I think it's clearly uh, Rodgers one and Mahomes two. Okay, so then, then who do you have three? Go. Who do you have at three? Uh, three, I'd probably have Derrick Henry. Uh, four, I would have Josh Allen. And then five, you know, you got to give love sometimes to those defensive players. And, you know, Aaron Donald is a, is a treat to watch. So that would be my three, four, five. Yeah, I'll go Josh Allen number three. Because I look at them with the Bills and then how tough where they are in the wild card. Like, think about you take Josh Allen away from that Bills and they've have they have some talent. I don't think the Bills are in the playoffs. And I understand you could say the same thing with Tennessee, but it is a little bit easier to replace a running back than a quarterback. And maybe Tennessee has nine wins instead of ten, but I don't know if Buffalo has twelve. I think Buffalo is sitting at eight without yeah. Josh Allen. Yeah, maybe that's the case, and I don't want to take anything away from Josh Allen. 
It is funny, though, because we do put so much emphasis on that uh, quarterback position. But then I look around the league, and it's like, okay, a lot of guys have had to come in and play significant minutes for their teams. And those guys haven't been able to have success when they've been on good teams. Like, Campbell, you look at uh, the New Orleans Saints. They had to uh, tread water when Drew Brees went down with injury. Yeah. Uh, we look at uh, the, the Dallas Cowboys, you know, battling right until the end for a playoff spot. They needed Andy Dalton to come in. Obviously, he was a significant downgrade uh, from Dak Prescott, but he still got them in position to almost make the playoffs. And I, I think if you look around the league, you know, Miami has kind of split uh, time with two guys. The Bears fighting for a playoff spot has split time with two guys. Yeah, not uh, anymore. <laughs> yeah, not anymore. Uh, but uh, you, you get the point. I just find that, you know, I, I don't like that we never give any loves, love anymore for the MVPs. Uh, to other players than quarterbacks. I think it's been like 12 years since an MVP uh, was something other than a quarterback when, uh, when, when Peterson was able to win it last at the right. Yeah, you just position. have to be, but you just have to be that much better. Like Derrick Henry has been good, but Derrick Henry didn't do 2,200 yards, you know, and, right. and, 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 and Tannenhill has been good. It's quarterback. And, you know, if Tannehill was like a nobody and doing it like nothing and they just had to hand it off all the time and, and he was the only guy doing anything, I think you can you can make that case. But the quarterback position has become so important at the NFL level to read and to understand. And I think that's one of the reasons Patrick Mahomes and Aaron Rodgers are at the top of their game because no one sees the game like they do. And, I, and the way that they can read a play, read a defense – they know what's going to happen before it happens, uh, before any of us knows. Maybe Tony Romo a little bit, but that's about it. But uh, other than that, it is so impressive. So I think that's why it's a quarterback, and it's going to be really tough. I don't know when the next time. Uh, it'll probably be a defensive player that has 25 sacks, or it's going to be a, a, a DB that has 15 interceptions. That I think it'll take something like that to beat them. Yeah. All right, Sean, let's uh, move on very quickly and talk a little hockey. How have you felt about all the blowouts at the World Junior, uh, at the World Junior Championship? Stop crying about it. It's competitive. It's, it's not, I, I know that they're amateurs and they're juniors and they're under twenties, but stop crying about it. These, these kids know that they're facing Canada. They know they're facing Russia. They know that they're a smaller country. You know, you don't want to get blown out, play harder, play better, uh, work harder. You know, the next time you face them, they, Oh, we lost by 10. We'll try to lose by seven. I don't, I, I hate this whining and complaining about the blowouts. If you don't like it, don't watch it as a fan. If you don't like it and you are participating in it, then don't be in competitive sports. And if you want somebody to dial it down and not score, well, maybe not have the plus minus mean something because one team that gets beat 10 nothing might be beat 12 nothing by the next team. So I, I just hate the whining and complaining about the, uh, the non-competitive games. If you want to restructure it, if the IIHF hates it, then restructure the format of how the teams get in. If the fans hate it, don't watch it. If the players hate it, don't play there's, there's an answer for every single one of the people that don't like it. So f for me, I, I, I'll tell you, like, I, I know it's four, six, seven, nothing. I'll, I'll stop watching because I'm there for a fan. As long as it's not, you know, Team Canada getting blown out, I'm fine. Well, you know, I, uh, I, I just believe, Sean, that I, I, I take no satisfaction. I, I, I don't feel good uh, watching a team have 16 goals put, you know, behind their goaltender. Um, I, I, I get a lot of what you're saying. And that's why I think the, the most pressing thing that you mentioned was, you know, change the goal differential rules. Change, change the tie break. I, I think that's where I'm at. A uh, very simple solution, Sean, is instead of having the tie break being goal differential, have the tie break be goals against. 
And all of a sudden, all those problems that I'm talking about are, are fixed. And the other thing I would do is, and, you know, maybe TV rights get in the way. I don't really care about that stuff because, you know, I watch fighting sports, Sean, and you yep. could have a first-round knockout and the TV people make their way fine, uh, earning money in that uh, broadcasting that sport. Uh, when I played, um, when you had eight goals put behind you, the, 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 the clock became runtime. Yeah, but that, that, look, that's, that's amateur. And I, and I get it amateur. Well, this is amateur but, too. No, no, but people like when Canada was up 16 to 1, and I know that Germany scored to make it 16 to 2, people were like, oh, I feel bad for these guys. No, don't, don't feel bad for these guys. These guys worked hard to get here, and I understand that they won a tournament to get in there, and they know that they're going to be facing competition. Plus, they had all these players missing, and they didn't have a full roster. You can get mad at the double IHF. But I, I don't feel bad for a team getting blown out. Mitch, I've played sports my whole life. I've lost by a large, large margin. Let me tell you, the first time I played amateur football, I lost 76 nothing. I was the St. Laurent Spartans against the North Shore, uh, whatever team they were called, North Shore. They beat us 76 nothing. You think they stopped playing? No, make a tackle. That's what we had to do. And I don't really care. It's competitive. When you're in a competitive, you're going to get blown out. It happens. Just work. Keep working harder. If you have the inner competitive spirit, you'll still get out there. And if you don't, you'll lay over and it'll just get worse and it'll get ugly. I don't know. I just, I don't I like, just, you, know, you know, Sean, I just, I, I don't feel the need uh, to run up the score. Like, like some of these games have, have, have turned out to be, you know, like I just, I, I don't see the need for Canada to try to pop in 16 when, if, if there was no tiebreaker, in place you know maybe if they change the tie-breaking rule then instead of you know trying to like it really looked like Canada was doing everything they could to score okay and it's just like maybe you know you chip it into the corner you play dump and chase you play along the walls a little bit more you know you're coming in on a two-on-one instead of taking a shot maybe you pass it off and try to make a nice play you know maybe you have a a, a break the other way and you swoop back oh, to your you know, I got a good idea because I did this, okay? I played in the league where a men's league. We were blowing out the other team. We we were better than the other team, okay? And yeah. I, oh, like is three, this more... three, you have to make three passes before you take a shot? Yeah, we make that rule. And I'm not saying that that's the thing, but I'm saying you don't need to make that the thing. I think it's more embarrassing because I know I was sitting on the bench and we were up by eight, nine goals. My friend and I were bored. He's right-handed. I'm left-handed. I said, let's play the next shift, the other hands, and try and score a goal. He set me up and I whiffed in the high slot because I was trying to shoot right-handed and I'm a left-handed player. Well, Sean, I'm, just I'm, saying, not saying, I'm not saying you should show up the air team and try to mock I them. think that's a little bit more embarrassing than actually letting a goal on the other side. So, well, I don't know. You can, find, you can find all these ways to make the other team feel better, but you know what? You're in, you're in competitive sports. Suck it yeah. up. Well, I'm, uh, I'm really surprised that we didn't see somebody on the, the German team in that 16-2 to two game at least take a run or show some life, show a little agitation, act like you cared. You know, you know I would. Yeah, well, and, and you know what? If the German team did that, maybe we would talk a little bit more about changing the tiebreak rules so we don't have these crazy blow-up games. Yeah, maybe they just didn't care. All right, so just speaking of competitiveness, I would like to get into our classic sports argument. And, of course, post-game pints, Campbell and Gallo, brought to you by LaBrosse Brewery. Check them out, 133 LaBrosse in Point Claire. I get your Campbell play-by-play IPA. Your angry Gallo Ale. By the way, the reviews have been outstanding for both. Uh, I know that uh, we are competitive, 
but I know that you've enjoyed the Campbell play-by-play IPA, and I will tell you, I enjoy the Angry Gallo Ale. Uh, you've got a little hint of coffee, that little boost. Uh, it's, you know, this is an IPA. If, you, if you've never really been a fan of IPAs, I've been told that people have tried this. They go, this is an IPA I like. It's a perfect IPA to introduce yourself to IPAs. Or if you didn't like one, try this one. It might be the one that you like. It's, it's that kind of, that's why we focused it on. It wasn't going to be too powerful. But uh, all, all your beer needs, a La Brasserie, they will be opening it up again on January 8th. Uh, so uh, make sure you check that out. Uh, classic sports arguments, Mitch. Yes, sir. I, I'm curious, what's, with watching these World Juniors, what's your favorite, or what do you think is the most competitive? We could kind of take this angle, whichever you want. International hockey competition. I know that people love the World Juniors. There's the Olympics. You have the World Championships. You want to throw the Club Spangler Cup, you can. There's the World Cup, which is done a little bit differently. I'm curious, what's your favorite international hockey competition? Well, the my favorite and the most competitive is two different things. I think the most competitive is the most recent version of the World Cup. When they created the under-23 team and Team North America, it turned out that, you know, those teams were really competitive with the likes of Czech Republic, Sweden, Russia, Finland, Canada, and the U.S. You put those two teams in, instead of having teams like Austria, Germany, Slovenia, Slovakia, all these countries, you put them together, all of a sudden, and and also, not, not to mention, Sean, you take away some pretty good players potentially from Canada and the U.S., by creating that under-23 team. That was the most competitive one. In fact, we saw um, Team uh, North America make it all the way to the final against Canada, even though Canada was ultimately able to, to prevail. So that's the most competitive, but that's not my favorite. My favorite is the Olympics. The Olympics has provided me with some of my favorite hockey-watching moments of all time, whether it be the Sidney Crosby golden goal or it be uh, Mario Lemieux letting the puck go between his legs. And uh, I think it was Paul Carrillo who scored after that. Maybe it was Joe Sackick. I don't remember. But, uh, you know, some of those great moments, Sean, they are Olympic hockey. And we know every time the CBA had been expiring in recent memory, the players wanted to go so bad. We know how, it, how important it is to those guys, for the Canadian players, for the U.S. players. Heck, there was a, there was a time when Alex Ovechkin said he was going to bail on the Washington Capitals and go play at the Olympics if the NHL didn't let him go. So just knowing the, the fire that these guys have and how badly they want to play in that competition at the Olympics, I have to say that's by far the best one. Look, I, I think the prestige is there with the Olympics because there's nothing out there uh, from a World Cup trophy, from a world championship that can compare to an Olympic gold medal. Okay, let's, so the prestige of the Olympic. But let, let's be honest. The Olympics, the Olympic qualifying is a bit of a joke. Uh, you get into seven teams, and even those seven teams, you could pretty much narrow it down who's going to be in the semifinal. You don't need to watch the round robin. Maybe there's one quarterfinal match that you're like, oh, Finland versus Sweden in the quarterfinals. I'll watch this. But it's usually Canada versus Slovakia or Canada versus Switzerland. And then it's the semifinals. If the tournament was just four teams, semifinals, the best in the world, the Olympics, I'm fine with it. And I'd say that's competitive. You're right with the World Cup being the most competitive because it has the most NHL players. It's NHL-based, Team North America. 
you you get that 23 team. But Team Canada is not the normal Team Canada. Team USA is not the normal Team USA. And Team Europe, you got to get the smorgasbord of the Slovenians, Slovakians, and they kind of have to make this team. For me, and I've always liked it, and I always find this this tournament gets downgraded. It's a longer tournament. It's more competitive. It's the World Championships, and I understand that the because the NHL's playoffs usually go on at the same time, you don't get all of what Team Canada or Team USA or even Team Russia would be, and these guys show up. I love that boost of extra energy after two, three games that guys show up, but it's tournaments where Slovakia, Czech Republic, uh, it means the world to them, and their teams, like Switzerland, are way more competitive than they are at the Olympics, more competitive than they are at the World Cup, more competitive than they are at the World Juniors. And, and you get so many more competitive teams in a world championship, mainly because Team Canada is not the original Team Canada, but it's still a Team Canada that can win. And that's why I like it. Because then you get kind of exposed to these other players that still have hockey left in them. And I've always been in on the world championships. And I find that the world championships for hockey gets no love for how competitive it is, how long it is, the boost in the storylines. I know we like the storylines of Team North America and Team Europe, who's going to be on what team. But it's like, okay, that team got eliminated. Are you going to call him? Are you calling Brendan Gallagher to go play for Team Canada? I love that stuff. I, I think that uh, the World Championship just doesn't get enough love. Yeah, well, you know what? Uh, I, I agree with you that the, the World Championship doesn't get a, enough love. And I would think if you would ask a lot of uh, European uh, hockey fans, how they felt about that tournament, they'd probably really rave about it and, you know, care about the winner of that tournament more than they would care about their favorite player from their country actually winning the Stanley Cup. So I, I want to take nothing away from that tournament. I like it every year. I would say the, the one thing about it, Sean, that I think would make it resonate a little bit more is if, you know, from time to time, we had it over here in North America. Yeah, I think if you change it up a bit, it may be easier to get some of those guys when the playoffs are done to head over there. You're right. That's you're not that. Oh, for sure. That's another point. I didn't even think of that. I just, you know, if, if we had the World Championship here in Montreal, for, per se, at the Bell oh. Center, I would love to go. I'm in. I told you. I, I'm, I'm in love with the tournament. So let us know. But I guess we, they, never we, know about, uh, they never know about the arena availabilities. And if, you know, if the Montreal Canadiens are playing in the playoffs at that time, how can you possibly have an international tournament ongoing? Quebec City. <laughs> uh, i'll make the drive with you yeah for sure we might be busy with the playoffs though yeah that's true uh by the way uh what do you think is the most competitive hockey tournament you can uh, tweet directly at mitch y gallo sean r campbell at post game pints on twitter we want to hear you comment below subscribe listen all your favorite we're on audio we're on video youtube soundcloud google play uh spotify iTunes, everybody's, where is it? It's everywhere. It's absolutely everywhere. All right, uh, Mitch, uh, it's my turn to pop quiz you, right? Before we do that. So. All right, and the uh, Post Game Pines podcast brought to you by LeBras Brewery. All right, I like this one because I think you're going to be angry about it. Hey, you're holding an angry Gallo Ale. All right, uh, so Corey Perry is joining the Montreal Canadiens, and he's going to wear number... 94? 94. He is the 11th player in Montreal Canadiens history to wear the number 90 or higher. Now, so there's 10 other players. Here's the thing, Mitch. If you get seven, I think that's amazing. If I think you get six, good for you. Five, all right, good job. Four, I'm disappointed, okay? If you get 10, amazing. I don't think you're getting 10. 
So there's 10 names, seven and six, I'm proud of you. Five, I, that's about normal. Four, I'm disappointed. Those are my parameters of the question to you. So there's 10 names of players of worn 90 or higher with the Montreal Canadiens. Yeah, you know I'm not good with the numbers thing. And that's why I knew you were going to be angry about it. And that's why I didn't ask for all 10. Okay? Okay? Uh, Doug Gilmore. Doug Gilmore, very good. He was one of the ones I thought you were going to get. Number 93. Uh, Joe Juno. Uh, Joe Juno. I did not think you were going to get Joey Juno at number 90. So you got right to remember my age, Sean. Yeah, but right now you are ahead of the game because Joey Juno didn't play long for the Canadians. But good for you. And now I feel like you're ahead of the game because I marked off seven I think you can get. Joey Juno was not one of them. <laughs> um, trying to think of who wore 98, but I'm going to come back to that, I guess. Uh, Mikhail Sergachev? Uh, nope. What's he wearing now? Because I thought he wore a 90s number. He's 90, he's 98 with uh, Tampa. He is 98 with Tampa. Okay, so they didn't give him that number when he was with Montreal. Um, what about uh, Sergei Samsonov? Incorrect. Okay. Um, trying to visualize here. Trying to visualize uh, different guys that have uh, worn high numbers uh, for the Canadians. Um... Don't think too hard. Because there's, yeah. there's, a couple that, there's a couple you should get right away, by the way. Really? Yeah, like right away. Uh, right what, what number is Thomas Tatar wear? Do you have to say the number or do you just have to say the name? I'll just say the name, Thomas Tatar. Uh, number 90, Thomas Tatar. Yes. His name is Joey. Uh, <laughs> um, do you have again, three... You know I'm not a numbers guy, though. So it becomes I know difficult. you're not, but they're, they're guys you should know. Trust me, yeah. they're guys, you know. There's one uh, guy only you should know, by the way. There's one guy on the Habs that everybody's forgotten that he was on the Habs, but he wore it in 90, and only you should know. I don't even really know what that means. You'll know when, you, when the name comes up. <laughs> See, he's the guy. I wrote down that you were getting him, but I didn't write down that you were getting Joey Juno. Yeah. Um... Can think of any guys about, who wore number All right, so how's one guy, one guy wore, wore in the or 90s. More. Okay, so, so one guy wore, wore the not in the, his number in the 90s for yeah. one year, and then he changed to another number, but it was a big deal. It was a big deal. It was a big yeah. deal. What number Tell did Chris Caitlin Higgins wear? Quiet. Tell Caitlin to be quiet. And, and, and Chris Higgins for 21, okay? So if you're going to give an answer, give a right answer. What, what number did Chris Higgins wear? 21. 21. Okay, just, uh, just tell her to be quiet. Somebody changed their number was a big deal. It was a big deal when he changed his number. And he wore a 90s number for one year. That's one clue. Uh, oh. one. Yeah. Uh, Go Gomez. Yes, Scotty Gomez, number 91. Uh, there's uh, one guy you should really get. I'm sorry, you should get, like, right away. And the two other guys are a little harder. Zednik? No. Um, Subban, so no. Patrick, no. Markov, no. You're at four. Yeah, four. Number, right. what, what number did Valerie Burry wear with the Habs? It wasn't in the nineties. Wasn't in the nineties. I think he wore seventeen, but I'm not sure. Maybe okay. it was six. Um, I'm struggling, Sean. I know. I'm disappointed. How many did you say you'd be disappointed? Four. I'd be disappointed four? if you got four. 
So I'm at four. Yeah. Because you got, you got Joey Juno, Thomas Tatar, Gomez, and Gilmore. And there are six others, but there are a couple guys I, I'm pretty sure you're not going to get. And then, because uh, it was quick, they weren't here long. There's one guy I'm almost positive you were going to get. It's a, such an odd number that no one wears, but you know the player. And he had a stint here in Montreal. And you know that his stint was short, but you also know the player quite well and you like him. Uh, the other one, there's two guys you should get. One was a very short stint, and one guy's on the team right now. So there's a clue for you. Uh, Gonchar? No. Um, one guy's on the team right now. Uh, let's, go through, let's, let's, let's go through the lineup. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's, I, was like, I was like, come on, dude. This is an oh, easy one. Corey Perry? Uh, no, no. I told you Corey Perry's the 11th. I need the 10 others. <laughs> Corey Perry doesn't count that way. Uh, Dano, no. Gallagher, no. There's a guy that worked Corey Perry's number, though. How's there? That's another clue. There's a guy that worked Corey Perry's. There's two guys that worked Corey Perry's number before him. Yeah, that's why. Uh, did I guess Berzin yet? Who? Berzin? You got it, babe. That's the guy I knew you were going to get. Sergey Berzin. Okay, I, I thought, I, for some reason, when he, when, uh, when you first were, when you were saying the question, I thought of him, and then I of forgot course. to say him. That was the guy I said, I, I thought you were going to get right away. Sergey Berzin, number 95. Right. 95? Okay, I thought, he, I thought he was 94. <laughs> no, no, there's two, there's two guys that were 94, and I, I only wrote one of them that I thought you were going to get. Yeah, so we, so, uh, okay, I got the first line. Um, you're still, you're still missing a player on the team. <laughs> yeah, I know, that's what I'm saying. I got the first line down. Yeah. Uh, Suzuki, no. Toffoli, no. Anderson, no. The best thing is, I know, I, I, and I know the people on YouTube right now can't see Dave trying to do it, but he is laughing because he knows exactly who it is. <laughs> I, I can, by the, by the way he's laughing, I can tell that he, that he knows who it is. Yeah. I'm almost positive. So now, look, you're at five, and I'm disappointed. I feel like this is taking way too long, and I've given you clues. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm Tostitos. Okay, so Joey Juno, Thomas Starr, War 90. Scott Gomez, War 91. Uh, Jonathan Drouin, Wears 92. Uh, so did Steve Ott before he came. Uh, so Steve Ott, we're 92. Was Doug, Gilmore, Steve Ott. Uh, Doug Gilmore, 93. Number 94, I didn't think you were going to get Tom Pyatt, but I thought you were going to get Yannick Perot, face-off specialist. And uh, number, number 95 was Sergey Berzin, and no one, no one is saying Olivier Michaud, who is this goalie who played, I think, one or two games at 95. I did not have him on the list of anybody getting him. So five out of 10. I'm a little disappointed in you, Mitch. Maybe that could be the name of the podcast. Yeah. Fun fact, uh, Yannick Perot led the Canadians in points one year. I know. With 47, was it? I want to say 49, but we could have a fact check on that one. I'm not sure either. We'll let you fact check. Maybe that should be the name of the podcast. What do you want to name it? I have Suck It Up, uh, Disappointed in You, Gallo, or Fact Check. Uh, well, you know, since we also talked about me losing the bet in the fantasy football pool, I'd go with I'm disappointed in you, Gallo. Because I'm disappointed in Gallo. Yeah, you didn't say Jonathan Drouin. That sucks. Yeah, you know, I was, I guess maybe uh, subconsciously I was hoping he, was up, he wasn't on the team anymore. I love that you were going through the lines and you just skipped totally over him. <laughs> I don't even know what line he fits on now. Doesn't matter. We'll find out. I know in next episode, we're talking lots of hats. So looking forward to that. Yes, for sure, my friend. Cheers. Cheers. That's the Post Game Pints podcast brought to you by LeBros Brewery. Well, how's that for your entertainment value? They've done their job very, very well. 
No, 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 